Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hey parents, Jack and Claire's Children's Boutique in Oxford features the latest brands of baby and children's clothing, shoes, toys, and accessories. Check out Jack and Claire's Facebook page too. Jack and Claire's Children's Boutique, West Jackson Avenue, next to Belk. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Mississippi and coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Listen, I don't have a lot of, like, quotes today, no big speeches to give today. I'm going to go straight to my guest, someone I've really been looking forward to chatting with. And it's Gerard Gibbard. Uh, we have a lot in common. We'll share some of that here in just a second. But he's the, the host of Middays with Gerard Gibbard and uh, someone I've really enjoyed getting to know better through his show. And I'm really pleased to have you with me today, Gerard. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you, Ricky. It's good good to see you. Look, we gotta, we're going to cover a lot of ground. And frankly, I should have scheduled an entire hour for you and I to visit <laughs> together. But um, but let's let's start with Ukraine. Uh, for the for the radio audience, I, over my shoulder here in the studio, I've got a small Ukrainian flag recognizing um, my my way of sort of, you know, I've prayed a lot about it, thought a lot about it, even written about it, that the, the peace-loving, freedom-loving people of Ukraine are under siege as, as we have this show today. And um, it's a tough time for them, but a great opportunity for, for America and the rest of the world to sort of come together and, and see what people are willing to do to fight for freedom. It's an, it's an amazing and sad moment in our, in our world history, isn't it, Gerard? It, it totally is. And, and Ricky, I think what makes this particular uh, situation, this conflict, more unique is that we, have, we all walk around with a video camera in our hand including Ukrainians, and they're capturing so much of this on video, and then they're instantly sharing that. And some, in some cases, we're seeing live interviews from bomb shelters with, with people that are holed up in there. It's, it's, it's a combination of incredibly informative. You can't do anything without it being captured. But I've seen some interviews, saw one this morning, Ricky, with a, a young boy, 10, 12 years old or so, on a bus. And he was headed out of town, had, had just departed from his father, was leaving his father, he and his family, leaving his father behind. His father, being a male, uh, is compelled to, to fight and stay back. And watching him, him talk about his father and describe his father as a hero and in tears, of course, coming out of his eyes, it cut my heart out watching mm-hmm. that. that mm-hmm. a, a young boy, a child, should not have to be separated with their father, and this is all because of one madman's ambitions, unfortunately. That, so it's the human side of the brutality of war that I think is being played out in, in our world on our various media forums that's different about this. Well, just like, just like if you think about the role that social media played during the pandemic or any key event since we've since social media has come to be i talk a lot about it you're a former tech entrepreneur you built and sold a very successful technology company i had a career in media and then latter part of my career in digital media spent a lot of time understanding facebook algorithms and how the artificial intelligence work and i have you know serious concerns about it and i do think there needs to be some regulation and i don't think we have smart enough people at the table trying to figure that out but the 
reality is you can, you can think in the old days, you could control media. Today, you can't. Every person is a reporter, as you pointed out. And as we saw in the case of Ukraine, all you got to do is make one phone call to someone like Elon Musk, and suddenly an entire country has the Internet. The reality yeah. today is that every person is a reporter, every person has technology, and the fact that you that Putin would think he could sort of control what people are thinking, it's impossible to do anymore. And I think the role that social media and the Internet in general will play on whatever happens in the on this outcome, it's going to be significant. It may be the most significant, uncontrollable characteristic of this war. And boy, it's, it's certainly bringing the world together around it now. That is for sure, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, you know, you think about from the perspective of a dictator who, who needs to control the narrative, who without these technical tools, these technology tools, probably could with state-owned media and and all sorts of restrictions on the dissemination of information. But as you point out, Ricky, when every person walking is essentially a reporter, uh, it's pretty hard to, to kind of um, promote your propaganda, if you will, <laughs> and yeah. distribute that. And to get the folks on your side with this crazy propaganda, you can't do that anymore because the, the eyes and the human senses are the ultimate determinant of the truth. And that's what yeah. we have going out here. It is a it is a very challenging time in our history. You know, look, I've been really looking forward to chatting with you on the air uh, because we share a lot in common. As I pointed out just a second, I came from digital media. You came from technology. We cut our teeth at similar times in the evolution of technology. I had the opportunity to work with some very significant uh, groups. Uh, my son worked for Price Waterhouse now, but I've worked with Deloitte and KPMG and uh, let's say Accenture and, and many others. You worked at Anderson. But we, we spent time early in our careers understanding how to make change happen, whether it might be technological or might be cultural. But uh, you learned a lot early and you built upon that as you continue to go with your career to the point you end up building your own company. And in my case, I led a lot of very significant change efforts and was, was able to retire young. And here we are now. I would have never thought in a billion years that I would be on a daily radio show talking to a guy who never in a billion years thought he'd be on a daily radio show, <laughs> having a conversation about how much we both appreciate and enjoy what we're doing, and hopefully we're giving back and the opportunity to work for Super Talk, which we'll come back to in a second. But this has been a great journey for you, hasn't it? It, it truly has, and you're so right. I, I never really saw myself uh, in this role. And, and you, as you well know, you don't know what God's plans are for you. You just have to trust in that and um, and and just keep getting up every day as you and I like to do and, and try to feel like we're making a difference and contribute value, in this case, to our state and behind this microphone. But before that, you know, I was pretty holed up in, in uh, my company and, and trying to make it successful and doing everything we could there uh, to that effort, did work for um, Arthur Anderson. Now, by the way, I worked in the division that ultimately became Accenture. Yes. So yes. essentially that was the group that, that spun off. And, you know, back in those days, it, it was mainframes and transaction processing systems. And, and, and we were automating kind of those brute force back office functions. Certainly didn't see the what the internet was going to do. We didn't see these office automation tools. We didn't see personal computers. And when that came onto the scene early on, the personal computer, um, it really is is a major disruptor uh, in our world. I, I liked it and uh, decided I wanted to be a part 
of, of uh, that journey. And, and that's what I guess drew me to that and, and had a, was fortunate to have that career with Anderson, now Accenture, and understanding information technology, but mainly from a business perspective and a commercial perspective. Lord, we certainly didn't see that thing going uh, where it did. And, and then having sold the company and, and, and I got to tell you, Ricky, uh, I didn't really want to sell the company. That was not uh, that was not by choice, but in pursuing the acquisition strategy that we embarked upon and um, exchanging equity uh, as part of the deal structure, you end up with with a diverse board and and you lose control essentially. You know that's yeah. that's the that's the uh, the resolution that that you make. And uh, and on a four three vote, the decision was made to sell the company. I'm not bitter about that. I wanted to keep the company going. I was in the three that thought, you know, the best is ahead, but I understand what was driving um, my fellow board members. And so on a 4-3 vote, we put the market up, sale, hired a, hired a um, investment banker out of New York and went to market and entertained a number of offers there, had a 16-month uh, process, and then ultimately decided on, on one of those and sold the company. But, um, you know, as my wife says, you just have to kind of put a bow on that and and take some satisfaction and a job well done and move on to the next phase of your career. And that happened to have landed me here at Super Talk. Never saw that, but like you, having fun with it. And I, and I hope that, honestly, Ricky, I hope more than anything that comes through on the air, that we're having fun and, and we enjoy informing and, 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 and enjoy and take very seriously this responsibility of being behind this mic, because it is a big one. And uh, I'm obsessed with getting stuff right. I don't bat a thousand there, obviously. Uh, and we have a great audience that'll let you know <laughs> when you don't, um, as you well know. But I feel like that is our job to, to kind of cut through all the malarkey and to get the stuff right. What I like about what you are doing, and certainly I've tried to do this in, in my role, and that is like to use the, the sum total of all your experience to make uh, to make judgments. I mean, good, sound, educated judgments about direction, usually around policy, whether it be policy that in impacts innovation or entrepreneurship or the economy, and more in, in particular, the new economy, the emerging economy, and what's going to happen sure. there. You know, what the, the tax structures and how it affects businesses. And I could just go on and on and on. Your, your experience there, your depth of understanding there, always comes from the point of view of, I've been there. I've had to suffer through things like this. And let me tell you, I, I know that on the surface it looks like this, but let me tell you how this plays out in the real world. Same thing I've tried to do here. Spent a, a lifetime trying to understand how to build a strong community, understanding how the, the local political situation works. People tend to overestimate that, or maybe in some cases underestimate that. But the reality is that some total of our experience, and in your case, your experience with your midday show, it, it helps you have a more informed point of view as opposed to just trying to agitate people and trying to create success commercial success through through division or dividing people hey let's do this we're coming to the end of this segment gerard we'll pick it up on the other side but i want to hear your response to that uh this is gerard gilbert uh he's uh he's a he's someone i've really been looking forward to spending some time with he has uh, uh, middays with, with Gerard Gibbard and uh, here on Super Talk and just a just a terrific guy. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. See you after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have uh, my friend Gerard Gibbert. He has middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk. And someone I've really looked forward to talking to because he had tremendous success in his career and then decided to come back and, and give back in a way by being a host of a, of a show that's part of an incredible network. And we'll come back and talk a little bit more about the network here in just a second. But, Gerard, coming back to what I was saying, you know, it there is a lot of responsibility that comes from all this experience you've had. And what you've really worked hard to do in layman's terms is, is make what you're hearing happen from a policy and administrative point of view, make sense to people about why we should or should not do something. That's important to you, isn't it? It, it very much is. And, and I, I kind of feel like I walk a bit of a tightrope there, Ricky, because when I, I find myself habitually and continuously relating my business experience and my business background uh, to, to various events and issues on the show. And I, and I don't want to sound like um, that I'm boasting about that. And, and, I, and I try not to so much talk about, I guess, particular accomplishments, but rather just relate those experiences to policy matters and things we see going on in, in the state. But on the other hand, I, I hope that it is perceived by the audience is, is valuable, a valuable perspective. Someone who, as you well know, has had, as they say, make the payroll or, or, or face the prospect, as I have, of bankruptcy, of losing everything you have and everything you work for if you don't make the right call. And, and, and so often in the political realm, I, I guess the worst that can happen is you don't win in the next election. But in, in, in business, it might spell bankruptcy like is imminent, you know, in a few weeks, <laughs> literally. Um, and in my case, in the early days, like a few days, could you know, making the wrong call. Uh, and so I, I try to relate some of those experiences in a way that, that I hope adds to and enhances the discussion. And, and I, I've, I've always felt like that something I've used consistently in my business career and even in this role on Supertalk, that faith, confidence, and certainty drive investment, expansion, and job creation. It's simple as that. And, yeah. and, and you know this as an entrepreneur, if you don't have faith, confidence, and certainty, your tendency is to hunker down. I'm just not going to do anything until I have some clarity and visibility on, on in what the future holds to some degree, the best you can. And that's where public policy comes into play. Is, is when you, you see the, the extremes being proposed often in public policy and you start doing the calculations of, man, what would this mean to me? What does this mean to, to revenues? What does this mean to expenses? What does this mean to the regulatory environment? Go down the list. And when you lack that, that confidence and some degree of certainty, it, it's the same as you do in your personal life. You make personal financial decisions based on your faith, confidence, and certainty. If you feel good about your personal economic situation, you may go buy that house, that car, or other, or other major purchase. If you don't, you tend to hunker down and sit tight and, and wait till that breaks. But that, to me, is the biggest risk of, of public policy. And you look in our state right now, and you look at this, it, you, you touched on it, this, this debate about income taxes and the tax structure in the state, and we've got two Republican houses, and they couldn't be more 
uh, unalike in terms of their approach to tax reform. And as a, as a private business, you you, you kind of have this degree of, of uh, lack of confidence and certainty and, and vision into what that might look like. And so that uh, can be deleterious in terms of uh, promoting more investment, more expansion, more hiring. You don't know what's coming. The Ukraine situation, that's why the markets are reacting the way they are. What does this mean? And there, there are ramifications that are far beyond um, just what's happening inside the borders of Ukraine that, that affect the entire globe. And of course, that trickles down and transfers here into Mississippi. And, and so that's the concern. And trying to take as best I can some of this complex policy and, and, and try to break that down and distill it down to what does this mean to you as an individual? What does this mean to, to you as a, as a business operator? And uh, so that you can make informed decisions. And if we're able to do that in some small way, then I feel like we're doing our job. Simple as that. Well, you know, coming back to your point about you, you're, you're, you want to make sure you thread the needle well as it relates to how you talk about your experience and, and then ultimately your point of view about that experience and how it relates to the policy you're talking about. I think you've done a pretty good job of that. And regular listeners would know that it's not boasting. And, and for anyone who may have forgotten, in order to be successful, particularly if you, if you start out with merely nothing or almost nothing, um, you, there's a lot that goes into being successful, a lot of dogged determination, a lot of risk. I can remember I told somebody over the weekend, that was a time in my life after my father passed away that I didn't have a pot to pee in. And it was, my mom came over and she said, you know, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you know, you want me to go get groceries where I said, no, it's important for me to eat these bologna sandwiches. I really meant it, but you know what I'm talking about? There's a powerful yeah. lubrication to change that comes from pain. And that's, you know, that uh, entrepreneur feels a lot of pain and you're constantly trying to adapt to customers and situation and the technology that's available to you. And I think having that experience for you, Gerard, is, is really helping you describe things to the, in a way that the average person can understand it when it comes to something as complicated as tax policy. Now, as it relates to our leaders, one of the good things about Cozy is not political. And of course, Super Talk Outdoors will only be when it has something to do with with uh, conservation. But as a general rule, I'm not writing anymore because I used to write about it and certainly have, have been known to be pretty critical. I am disappointed, to be honest with you, that our three leaders can't come together and that a leader among them is not emerging that can bring them to some common thread as it relates to something like eliminating the income tax because we're competing with states that have eliminated the income tax. We're not just competing with states, but but when you think about the, the quality of life and quality of living that Mississippi has and the new economy and the emergence of, of, of remote work and how that could serve Mississippi, uh, eliminating the income tax is a serious conversation. And it's not something that we should just be glad we proposed it. We need to be glad we passed something, whatever that is. And I've, I've listened to you carefully as you've tried to sort of work through this one. But And, and I know you're trying to thread the needle, too, in terms of the leaders who are engaged in this. But I, I'm not, but just from where I'm sitting, I'm disappointed they can't get on the same wavelength about this. Yeah, I agree. And, and uh, as you probably noted uh, on the show, I've, I've called for just that. Can, can somebody just you guys just get in a room and sort this out? You know, it, it's, it's time to do this because right now that doesn't feel like it's happening. I think if it were, yeah. we, we would have something that looks like maybe at least a blend of the two uh, different approaches. But we don't even have that. We just have 
what appears to be the leaders of the respective chambers dug in and, uh, you know, and, and the way they see this thing panning out. And I don't know, I, I've even offered, uh, don't mind saying that, hey, if we could get respective leaders from the two chambers to, to come here to the studio, I'm happy to moderate an hour show uh, and, and just try to cut through their, their positions and let them state their cases for yeah. their various positions and, and, and perhaps ask them some hard questions, both sides, about that, yeah. how they arrived yeah. at their proposals and and maybe give a different perspective than the kind of one at a time more uh more asynchronous to use a technology term approach to to discussing this it's a complex topic and the, the average listener you know they shouldn't have to worry about stuff like this they just want to know what what is my government doing with my money and if they got too much i want some of it back i mean that's pretty much where and if not then okay what are you going to do with it and what does that mean to me the one thing i can tell you ricky and in, in acquiring companies i'm sure you've had this experience as well i learned this early on when, when you bring in the parties the employees from the acquiring and from the acquired what they want to hear is what does this mean to me I yeah. can sit there and talk about what how great this is for the organization and the company as a whole, but at the end of the day, they want to know what does this mean to me? Does this change who I report to? Does this change what I do on a daily basis? Does this change my pay, my opportunity? What does this mean to me? And I and I found that I really practiced before I'd have these announcements of an acquisition. I really practiced. This is what I'm going to tell. Um, the, the various uh, departmental groups, the organizational functions. You engineers, this is what it means to you. You technical architects, this is what it means to you. You account managers, um, you cloud uh, support folks, you, your operations people. And that's what they want to hear. And, I, and I, the first time I didn't do that, I learned from that mistake that people don't care about how great this is for the company. It, Not unless it, you can also accompany that with this is what it means to you. Because a lot of acquisitions and mergers don't work for that reason. They, they don't right. get the culture piece of this, and the people are the most important, ultimately. Hey, we got less yep. than a minute left. Yep. Steve Davenport developed a hell of a, a vision in Supertalk, didn't he? No doubt about it. No what doubt about it. Yeah, it's a, it's a special network, one unlike anything in, in history. So listen, uh, as we close this thing out, I'll give you the opportunity to have a last word. Yeah, I just want to say how honored I am to be part of the Super Talk Mississippi fan, family and what a privilege it is to, to host this show and to take this message statewide. And the feedback has been phenomenal and I'm very grateful for that. And uh, I hope we are all blessed uh, by it. I certainly am for sure. And I hope people feel the same way. I think you and Rhino make a great team. What a great partner he is, isn't he? He absolutely is. And we've developed a flow that it's just, I look forward to it every day. It's a lot of fun. Majority, thank you, my friend, for spending some time with us. We need to get together about every couple of months and just check in with each other. Love Listen live that. or on thank demand well, and watch Ricky. episodes Great of Coast View you on your, your laptop, desktop, well. or on your phone thank or tablet thank, by thank going you, to supertalkmsgolfcoast.com. Good days with Gerard Gibbard on Supertalk. Uh, A Supertalk Mississippi media production.